I'm Scott McGowan. And I'm Anne-Marie Singleton. Now, I think even for our listeners, too, I think what's important is um, we might be right, we might be wrong, but one thing is we're not afraid. Right. And we have a point of view, and I think that people should hear it. And we're unscripted. We just have free reign for 20 minutes. Welcome to Side Effects with an A. Welcome back to Side Effects. I'm Scott McGowan. We have a special guest with us today, Brenda Motherall from Epiphany RX, and we're going to talk about this gigantic problem today in regards to prescription drug pricing, uh, spread, rebates, discounts, the issues in regards to rebates, uh, and it's an epic problem. And unfortunately, it's tremendously um, misunderstood, uh, not very transparent, uh, and we have organizations like Epiphany and Brenda that are willing to put a big dent uh, into this system. And so, Brenda, hey, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. it. Uh, and uh, I was in uh, Toronto at a session with you, and you spoke to uh, a lot of us in a room in regards to your experience, your passion for this industry, and how to make a difference to the real payers of healthcare, which are employees and dependents and moms and dads and, and ultimately employers. And you come with uh, a breadth of knowledge. So uh, maybe, maybe kind of walk through your, uh, your experience uh, where you went to school and, and to kind of help the audience understand that you are a credible source in regards to talking about this, uh, this big issue. Yeah, sure. Happy to do that. So uh, I'm a pharmacist by training. Uh, I also have a PhD in health economics. And so I started working in the PBM industry back when the big question was whether we should cover this drug called Tagamet back in the late 80s, early 90s, which cost $400 a year. And we were just shocked, right, that uh, we would have to pay for a drug that cost $400 a year. And so that was my genesis into the space. I spent most of the 90s and 2000s uh, working for uh, Express Scripts, uh, leading product and strategy and, and serving on that executive team. And then over the last uh, several years, I really had more of an entrepreneurial and somewhat disruptive focus, I would say, to try to provide alternative models in the market for employers. So I've had a company called Artometrics, uh, which has been a consulting company for employers for prescription drugs. And currently, um, I lead a couple of organizations, Archimedes, which provides specialty drug solutions for employers and health plans. And then Epiphany RX, which is a transparent PBM that offers full PBM services. So I've spent um, 25 plus years in the industry, really seeing it start from um, a cottage industry that was genuinely working to solve some problems that existed to now, unfortunately, I think it's become more part of the problem uh, than it has the solution. And we'll probably talk about some of that in a few minutes. Yeah, what's super interesting about that. So you have a PhD from the University of South Carolina your MBA from the University of Kentucky. That's where my right. daughter went. And then uh, you went to the University of Kentucky Pharmacy as well, correct? Correct, that's right. So um, you look like you're 25. So um, you said you've been in this I business. I was 10 when I did all that. Yeah. Gotcha, perfect. But what's really what's what's interesting about uh, maybe where this more the, where this industry was 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 birthed and this evolution of uh, of PBMs because uh, today, I, I think this is somewhat accurate. You have uh, Express Scripts, uh, CVS, and then you have Optum. And I think realistically, they could control roughly over 80% of, uh, of the market share. That's correct, yeah. 
Uh, and, you know, realistically, when they started out, I think what they, their evolution was more of a logistics organization. So how do we help get prescription drugs into pharmacies? And how do we help with the transfer of funds between an employee and, and an insurance company and a member and a plan? Mm -hmm. uh, and, go ahead. Very simply, they, they really came out of two factors in the market. One was over 90, which required that claims now, prescription claims be processed electronically for Medicaid. They could no longer be processed by paper. And so that very quickly followed into the commercial population. So that's when we began to see these adjudication systems. The other thing that came together at that time was if you think back to the early 90s, retailers were being paid average wholesale price plus like 12% or AWP plus 12. And so mail order was a very important competitive force at that point to mm -hmm. come in to bring those prices down. So again, there was a very important reason uh, that it came into being early on. So do you think like theoretically, if you, if you think about the problem we're in today, in regards to what we're up against against uh, PBMs, and I'll, I'll probably say the big three, that potentially we might have had a similar problem before PBMs evolved in regards to price. It's obviously worse. Yeah, the, the, the price problem before was different. It was primarily an excessive profit in the retail sector where now what we have is really sort of excessive pricing with the manufacturers the retailers, right, just have no margin whatsoever, and the PBMs, right, you could argue this, but seem to, as the middlemen, have excessive profit as well. And so both pharma and the PBM have been able to solve the retail problem, but now, right, we've traded that for newer, probably even greater problems economically. So for our audience, just kind of maybe help, help us understand, in your opinion today, probably uh, the most destructive transaction that you're aware of today in regards to this, uh, whether it be a specific drug. Uh, you know, I know uh, most of the audience and I think nationally we're aware of what happened with EpiPen, mm -hmm. uh, but there's, there's ones that are, that, that are worse. So when you think of a big problem out there, what's, what's the one big issue that you see right now? Um, in terms of if you just look aggregately at what, uh, for example, what drug has probably cost this country the most money for the least value as a problem, uh, Axar would probably be uh, that mm -hmm. drug or on that short list. I think Medi uh, Medicare spent, I want to say, a billion dollars on that drug last year, um, but it's a drug that costs about $40,000 a dose. It was approved by the FDA before they required evidence of efficacy. They just had to prove the drug was safe. So most of the things that it's approved for uh, doesn't even really have strong evidence that it's more effective than lower cost alternatives. And if you really peel that onion back, at the heart of this issue is when the ACA removed the lifetime limits oh, yeah. on benefits. <clears throat> and ever since then, whether it's Axar or any other specialty drug, right, there is no limit now on what they're going to price this medication. The only way that there's going to be pushback on the pricing is if ultimately the employers are the ones who say no, that the prices are just too high. Yeah, so you mentioned the FDA. Um, mm -hmm. And before we, we, we went on, we were talking about the, uh, the FDA. What, what are some of the issues in regards to the FDA today? Yeah, so I think everyone would assume, right, the FDA is really playing the role of the entity that makes sure drugs are safe and efficacious before they come to the market. 
But we've seen a major change in the FDA since I started in this industry. Back in the early 90s, only about 20% of their funding was from the manufacturers. Now it's more than 75%. Mm. Uh, and what, as a result of that, what has happened is the FDA has now various paths where they will fast track drugs to the market. And when that happens, you're getting drugs on the market that have very limited evidence around their efficacy, and they end up having significant safety issues once they hit the market. Uh, and we, at this point, are um, fast tracking far more drugs than other countries. We're approving more drugs than other countries. And in this day and age, I would no longer tell you that if it, uh, the FDA has approved a drug, then you probably need to cover it. There can still be questions around that because of the very limited evidence that some of these drugs have when they hit the market. Yeah, what's interesting, so when we were in Toronto, you kind of unpacked this slide and you also said it came from, uh, from another source. But in, uh, in the PBM world today, we look at, most of us think that the fees that we would pay at PBM, the admin fees, uh, is, the, is the bulk of their revenue. Um, mm -hmm. Based on the data I'm looking at, it's roughly 10% of their revenue comes through uh, specific admin fees from a customer. The majority of that comes through spread. In other words, what the price of the drug versus what the PBM bills the employer rebates, uh, price protection, I mean, and then uh, mail and specialty. So, you know, whether you choose to say 90% of their uh, revenue comes from other sources, 80%, 70%, pick a number. Mm -hmm. uh, what's important for the real payers of healthcare to understand is there is a massive cost shift against, against you as the payer uh, and so when we talk about we talk about Epiphany RX and, and, and what you do and what I really appreciated about our conversation was uh, and, and you're I mean, you're bold. You're just saying, look, I want to make this industry transparent. Right. I want to be super clear in regards to look, I'm going to I'm going to fight for the ultimate pair of healthcare. So right. so what does what does Epiphany RX do for an employer that's that's different than other PBMs that are in the marketplace today? Yeah. So we've really dissected where are the problems in the market, how we've gotten upside down, and we've tried to address all of those and how we deliver our services. So one of the key pieces of that is having what we call an aligned business model, which means one, uh, we don't own pharmacies, we don't own specialty pharmacies, we don't own male pharmacies, we don't own retail pharmacies, because a pharmacy inherently has two goals to increase utilization and increase the price, right, or the margin on each individual drug. That's an inherent conflict with what a PBM needs to do to control an employer's cost. So we don't own distribution. Another key piece of having an aligned business model is that all discounts are actually passed through to the employer and that you not, as a PBM, you're not making money on rebates and you're not making money on the discounts or making spread. Because once you do that, you begin to serve two masters, and it changes your incentives. And we've seen that most significantly, I think, around the formularies. The research is now clearly showing that the formularies are driven more by rebates mm -hmm. than they are around value. And in fact, when you look at some of the drugs that are on the market today and they're on the formularies of major PBMs, it's really shocking. A great example of that is Duexis. It's about a $3,000 acclaimed drug that's made up of two components that you can get either prescription or over-the-counter for about $20 a month. There's no clinical reason, there's no value reason to cover this type of medication. 
So first and foremost is this issue of an aligned business model. And at the end of the day, to, to say it simply, we make 100% of our fees off of uh, our revenue off of fees that clients pay us directly versus all these other alternative sources that you mentioned where currently the PBMs make their money, which means ultimately they're serving two masters or three masters. And unfortunately, the client's usually not first on them. Yeah, what's interesting about that, and one of the things when we were there, so I've got a, I've got a coupon here in front of me mm-hmm. from Duexis. And so with health savings accounts, I think what, uh, what Big Pharma has seen is in, individuals have big out-of-pockets, $3,000 deductibles. Uh, and so what they want is, um, obviously, I think they're very self-aware in regards to can someone afford this drug. Humira is another good example mm-hmm. uh, of uh, an injectable. And so it's called patient assistance. So we'll give you a coupon. From a patient standpoint, it sounds, uh, it sounds super noble and it, and, it, and it sounds wonderful. Like, thank you for helping me. Right. And I think from the public and I think from the payers, what they need to understand is um, what they don't want is they probably don't want the consumer's money. What they want is they want the commercial money. Right. They want to help that, that patient get over that hump in regards to the deductible and now, now they're all in. And I think, and I think for our audience to understand is um, this is our money. If you pay taxes, you pay for Medicare. Uh, if you pay taxes, you pay for Medicaid. If you have a job and you have a contribution for health care, you're paying for health care. We're paying for all three. In the state of Ohio, for example, today, Medicaid, they're going after a PBM uh, in the state of Ohio, and it's estimated that um, they're gonna go after them because of pricing spread to the tune of hundreds hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, That's a state-funded plan. I live in Ohio, I pay Ohio taxes, I help fund Medicaid. Uh, I'm grateful I live in a state that wants to help people that are uh, less fortunate and uh, that can help people. Uh, What I'm not grateful for is uh, entities uh, through spread that make uh, way too much money on that transaction. I'm a fan of capitalism, so I understand people have to make a profit, they wanna grow, and like I get that. But um, there, there comes a point in time when too much is too much and it's gotta stop. Mm-hmm. And also what even makes this even more clunky is in regards to the lobbying effort, efforts, in regards to big pharma, Washington DC, legislation, and it just seems like we are choked in the middle of this and it's gonna take Entities like yours that are that are willing to maybe take the gloves off and say, hey, I want to do this. I want to do this a different way and I want to help employers. Um, so, hey, Brenda, we're right at 15 minutes. Uh, and um, so I, I, I'm sure if someone's interested uh, in your organization, obviously uh, you can call McGowan Braybender. We're big believers in Brenda and Epiphany RX and, and what she's trying to do. You can, you can look up Epiphany RX. Uh, we certainly want to appreciate you for, uh, for all the time that you spent with us and, uh, and grateful for what you're doing in this space. Thank you. Appreciate it, Scott. Pleasure to be with you today. Absolutely. Have an amazing day. See you next time on Side Effects. Thanks for listening and opening your mind. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach us at scott at healthierbirthdays.com. Or Ann at healthierbirthdays.com. We hope you'll join us next time on, on Side, Side Effects. Effects.